Hello, dear listeners. This is the Overcoming Your Story podcast with your host, Miriam Joku. Today, our guest is Ebere Okonkwo. She's based in Lagos, Nigeria. She's an entrepreneur, uh, the founder of uh, My Care Body, a mental health platform that helps uh, Nigerians seeking mental health services. And she's also a mental health advocate, a writer, and a spoken word artist. I will not say more. I will let her introduce herself in her own words. I'm very excited to have you as our guest today, Ebere. Welcome. Thank you so much, Miriam. I'm more excited to be on your program, your podcast today. And there really isn't much more introduction to do, different from what you've done already. Like you said, I'm Ebere Okonko, uh, the founder of My Care Body, which is a mental health service providing organization. And like you kindly said as well, I write whenever the spirit needs. <laughs> I write, I journal, I also do spoken word poetry because uh, basically these methods are the different measures I adopt to help me deal and find closure with my own mental health because it's actually necessary to be in a safe space mentally for me to offer the same services to other people. So yes, I'm actually very excited to be on your program. So um, just to start with, you're a young woman and you started this, you're a founder of a mental health care platform. How did you get into that? Like, how did you get the awareness of mental health? Okay, thank you so much. I rather would term it lack of awareness, so to speak, because growing up, um, there really isn't much conversation surrounding mental health, especially where the surrounding, uh, the environment I found myself in. But the fact that that wasn't a topic that was openly had didn't prevent me from experiencing or coming in contact with certain realities, you know, personally. And I was just trying to navigate myself, trying to understand things happening or why I felt certain ways or why I couldn't really speak to certain people about certain things. And it was just a thing, basically, growing up until I got to a point when I really did feel that, okay, I think I really need to start speaking about certain things that are not very welcome in our society. Because if you would, if you would agree with me, every African, you understand, when you want to start speaking mental health, when you want to start speaking things that borders on that, people start looking at you crazy start looking at you like you're some kind of insane person or you should be going for deliverance somewhere in some church and also when i got to that point i realized that okay this is really a problem that demands solution yes for uh, the society at large for as many people as possible but first for myself because uh, at different points in time, I would have felt much better. I would have been able to deal with certain things better if I had uh, the leverage and the opportunity to share certain experiences and feelings with people that will be empathetic with your thoughts, empathetic with your journey, understanding, and not trying to place you in a box. So when I realized that that was a problem, it became 
a thing for me. Okay, how do we solve this first for myself and then for many other people as possible? Okay, yes, that went on for a while. Obviously, I really didn't know how to go about it, to be honest, until, uh, of course, at some point, I had the opportunity to pursue uh, a business, right? I had the opportunity to, to first actually to pursue a career in tech, in IT. Yes, so based on what I just already narrated, the first thing that actually came to my mind to have a company or whatever on was has to do with mental health. Of course, I could do fashion. That is what most ladies are about. I could do logistics. I could do you mentioned them, but really I wasn't thinking about any any other thing but mental health. And so I began the journey first as a tech enthusiast, so to speak, trying to build little little website here and there, you know, with the intention of, okay, through this website, I'm going to provide mental health solutions here and there and all of that. But of course, that there, there was a period when I had to really transition from the IT world into the entrepreneurship world completely, but still with the mental health goal at heart. And so, yes, journey up and down, back and forth, and here we are. Wow, amazing. So... When you were going through your mental health challenges or when, yeah, those feelings, noticing that there was actually nowhere you could get um, those services that you're creating, actually, uh, did you find support? Did you have friends you could talk to? Did you, yeah. Uh, and how do you see the, for your friends to how do you, is, the, is it easier today to speak about mental health challenges or? The stigma is there. Yes, like I try to explain in the course of my previous um, talk, it's really um, different based on individuals, right? There are some people that are more open to talk about stuffs, at least to a certain extent. Others are not, based on personal differences. And I actually find myself in the other percentile, I do not easily get to that point where I want to share whatever with you. Uh, no, it doesn't always come that easily. So, of course, uh, that is the reason why I actually saw it as a thing. Because, yes, I had all these things I wanted to discuss with people. I had all these conversations I would have actually had loved to have, but... No, it wasn't necessarily forthcoming. And that was actually what painted the reality of the problem that I tried to create a solution for, which is this, uh, anybody, regardless of your personality, regardless of who you are, regardless of your uh, makeup, right, of who you are, your behavioral tendencies, you should be able to share your innermost thoughts or uh, experiences at any given time. Even if it had to has to come with the thing of keeping your identity, if you so wish, so you will be free to further express yourself openly. So I thought about that and I said, okay, uh, what can we do about this? If we can create a platform that can afford people to have these discussions whenever. In fact, 
every, regularly as you know as the case demands before it actually they actually get overwhelmed with different feelings anxieties and stress triggers if they can have a platform where they can be easily through the aid of technology connected with an expert a counselor, somebody somewhere with all the experiences, with all the expertise, with all the empathy, with all the skills to have these conversations with and then uh, still maintain their identity, you know, that would be very, very beautiful. That would really come off as a solution to this particular problem that has been painted. So, yes, that was actually uh, the journey I went through and the problem I identified and which brought me to the solution that I ended up creating, which I am still creating and trying to better create. Yeah, I, I visited your platform um, in preparing our interview and I was very impressed because um, I see that you, you communicate like um, in, in different languages, in Pidgin English, in yeah. this is really good because it the, it reassures the person coming to your platform that they are understood. And then I saw that you match the clients coming in with therapists so that they can have these very important conversations you're, you're talking about. So I wish that you make it grow because it's very necessary. Um, you are a young woman. Do you, how do you see, like, do young people speak about mental health issues more easily? I know that for our older generations, we know that it's not so easy. But you just said that even for yourself, it was not so easy. But what do you see among your, your friends, people around you? Okay, uh, among the young, our younger generation, there's still a whole lot of stigma happening out there that we're trying to cut across. There's stigmatization. There is bullying. Sometimes when some people are ready to probably come out and express themselves and, you know, communicate certain feelings and expressions, they get misunderstood a lot. They get bullied. They get ostracized, either consciously or unconsciously. And this in leads to those people going back into their shell or attempting to deal with whatever they've been dealing with in different ways and methods. Some of them resort to drug abuse. Some of them resort to extensive, wild, wild living. Uh, you know, just to overcome certain things that they are trying to struggle with in that apparently nobody is understanding. While some people at critical stages, which is exactly what we are trying to avoid, some people resort to like critical depression and of course get suicidal. And a whole lot of them succeed at suicide. And it's crazy, this continues to happen. And when it happens, funny enough, the world seems to be um, empathizing with this particular victim at this point, there is this solidarity, especially in social media. Oh, what a pity! This happened, this didn't happen. Oh, I didn't know she was going through this and that. And then it happens for a while, but then within days or weeks, everybody goes back to their stigmatizing self, and this keeps on repeating, especially about among young people. And one other funny thing is that even some of those young ones that might actually have 
episodes or realities with issues like this turn out to be also the ones that would end up bullying another on the same basis and it's crazy you a needs this help b needs the same help but a bullies b for this reason b bullies a for this reason and your world is just going crazy and crazy and that is the more reason like i've been saying i think it's really important that this conversations are had this awareness is created and platforms like this are encouraged and propagated into the world for people to actually know that oh okay you really don't have to deal with this alone you really don't have to try to cower into your shell or suffocate your feelings you can always find expression and empathy with somebody that is qualified to offer those services yeah that's amazing yeah you you talking about that bullying example it's it's when there's so much shame that people cannot express their feelings so what they see in the others, in, they see it in themselves. So they go and bully the others. So it's just like you know, they cover up. They don't have to look at themselves. So what do you think, if you look at like our African families, what kind of conversations do you think, would you wish for to, to happen in our families? If you look at the family today, yeah. you know? It's really going to be wish for a long time. That's why we're doing this work. Yeah. Nicely, though, things are beginning to unfold, actually, you know, in our society, especially among those that are more exposed. So, yes, going back to the question, it would be nice to have in African communities, African families, an atmosphere that encourages openness between and among fellow family members, between and among siblings, and especially, very important, but importantly between parents and their children. Because most times all this happens due to some invisible walls and divides that have been created when children are growing up. No, we are not saying they don't have a relationship with their parents, but then it's the whole relationship and interaction always kind of boils down to expectations, demands, pressures. You do this, you represent the family well, you be a good child, you be a good boy, you do rewards, do this and get rewards, do this and get punished. And at the end of the day, we find a whole lot of children growing up in such environments resorting and becoming just maybe a shadow of themselves with so much inside of them but they can express them because they have been their mindset have been constructed to fit into that one very myopic model that has been encouraged in that family if we can encourage more openness allow people be themselves allow people develop in their own pace allow people express themselves and when they do express themselves and get maybe we are not encouraging you you know giving a leeway for people to go all wild but just give some kind of allowance for some expression so that they get some things out and if it turns out not good they will better understand why okay this is not good this is good this is more advisable this is not advisable instead of creating some kind of dogged rules and traditions that people are forced to comply to and 
at some point they begin to question so many things which could have so many debilitating effects on their mental health and general outlook yeah i totally agree with you um i also coach and uh many people talk about just as you said they, they actually there's no love expressed the love is have you made your bed have you cleaned the house have you done this go do your homework and there's no space for conversation there's no who how did it go at school today you know you play with your friends you know there's no genuine connection with the with the child and then we don't even notice it and years go by and you don't even know your child actually you think you know your child you you have no clue who is in front of you because you never took the time to ask that child how are you doing like how are you really to add to that uh in most cases in such environments we now tend to find ourselves in situations later in life when children are already developed they're already advanced we now find parents and children trying to start some kind of relationship that should have been introduced right from when the kids were still in their very formative ages and it doesn't happen overnight and everybody gets stressed everybody gets tensed people start feeling like oh you don't want to talk to me oh you don't want to open up to me but those kind of conversations or relationship don't just kick off you know because you wanted to it has to have been worked on from the formative years yeah built little by little you don't just wake up and you trust someone it's built over time so if you spend 25 years not speaking where you know it will not just come like that you will not just come and confide in your parent if you've never done that right it will take some work on both sides to break those barriers and build something one other problem that keeps me up at night it's how to raise awareness on children taking care of children in in families like the bigger kids the big sister or the big brother but most of the time the big sister they just have this role where they just they you know they clean they cook they they, they just take care of the other kids and actually it steals their childhood away from them we don't realize give responsibility to a child that gives them confidence right but that in that case that's not it that's something else it's making yeah making them become mothers where they are still children and not having them the opportunity to grow up gradually yeah do you, what do you think of that um in cameroon it's a real real problem um do you see that i think in nigeria it's a real problem too whatever it is actually yeah. but uh to be honest I don't exist in that percentile because I am not the big sister in my own case, but I understand the situation. I totally understand it and it is really, really true. That is what exists most times. Actually look at even a whole lot of children, little ones actually, but they happen to have been gifted that birthright of being the big sister and I see how the struggle with that role and how frustrating it could be and how most times they don't usually have a life of their own and they are always judged by how well they take care of their younger ones. They are judged by the reports the younger ones give to the parents and that could have really 
critical effects on their mental health and whole psychological makeup and i see the struggle and i also see the need to really like you mentioned try to create intentional conversations and awareness to parents as much as possible to let them understand why yes this is a first child or yes this is a first daughter but this is also a doctor per se this is also a child that needs to experience childhood especially coming from a parent and so while of course you expect certain responsibilities from them because yes of course they need to take care of their young ones but you don't automatically bestow upon them that role of having to physically mentally emotionally become a parent overnight they are not parents yeah 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 that's uh that's something i'm very passionate about because it, it even drops the younger ones of uh, some skills because if there's one person taking care of everything, the other ones, they don't get to develop even skills for themselves, you know? They don't know how to cook. They don't know how, they don't even know how to take care of themselves because there was one person doing all of it, you know? Yeah. I saw um, a blog post you posted on uh, LinkedIn about imposter syndrome and procrastination. I just read a little bit. I said, hi! <laughs> <laughs> That was a while ago. Me like this. <laughs> I just felt I really needed to say something about this because well we all at some point find ourselves in that space, including myself. So I just felt yes, why not put this out there and see what mm-hmm. it does. So what can you tell us about mm-hmm. imposter syndrome? <laughs> okay. Um there is this psychological feeling okay that we tend to go through when it seems like we are being introduced or we are within uh, a situation or an arrangement that's due to some not true understanding that we've had of ourselves or skills or abilities prior to then we just believe that we are not good enough. We can't do this. Like, are you sure I can do this? And this is really, really wrong because why can't you do this when there are actually people doing it? And in most cases, you might actually even have better skills than them. So why can't you do this? Because probably you've not had the the, the security, so to speak. You've not had that environment that they had. You've not had that opportunity that they had, which probably made some other people have it better and they find themselves adjusting very well and easily and quickly to such things, responsibilities, positions, whatever it wants to be. And then we find ourselves struggling to accept first within us that, okay, yes, I can do this. And I really, I find that very upsetting because this syndrome, this this thing, whatever we want to call it, actually limits a lot of us, a lot of people from exhibiting their full potentials. I believe everybody has so many things within themselves that they can do, that they can be, that they can achieve. If only, this is no motivational speak at all, but if only we will be able to get to the point of allowing ourselves, believing at least, just believe in your capacity. If you fail, you fail. If you fail, you fail, and you could try again and get it. 
And most times, we never get to try. <laughs> Thank you. We never get to try because of, yes, that's, I'm not sure I can do this page. Or probably you, you, you did your due diligence, right? You put in all the hard work you should have put in to get to a particular point in life. And you arrive there and you are already suddenly overcome by some kind of weird feeling and, wow really how did i get here how can i proceed are you sure i can fit in with other people it's really uncalled for but then it happens a lot of the time so i felt if we can intentionally address issues like this face them and you know get to the point where you are like okay yes i know what you are and i know that this is what you're presenting to be then we will be able to better deal with them and make use of our potentials better than we would have if all those things just exist without us consciously being aware of them so yeah no very important topic um especially when people grow up without um talking about their feelings many people struggle with imposter syndrome myself included so um sometimes it's really you can manage it but sometimes um it, it can take over. I, I, I agree with you that knowing the mechanisms of it to understand how it impacts you and why and what is holding you back, it's really, really important to, yeah. I mean, I, I want to say, let's fail. That's how we learn. Fail, fail, and fail again. Fail, try, fail again. You will see, every, you will see how you'll be progressing through those, what we call failure. And then at one point, you just that oh my God, look all what I've learned. I know I know how to do this. Okay, if I do this, I, I will not do this again because I I see, I learn from the consequences of that mistake. And that's that's actually for me that's success. That's how you get to success. You will not know until you try it, and if you try it, yes, it will work. Sometimes, sometimes it will not work. That's how it goes. That's life. That's normal, you know. And that's how you learn. That's how you learn. No one comes. Oprah didn't come on on her first TV set and she was the best. No, she she learned, she learned, you know, she fine tuned. She that's that's life, but it's true that we grow up. People want us to be the best. At first go, you try. You're the best. You that's what we glorify in society. Exactly. We don't glorify exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We don't glorify the path, the process, the learning, the, the process. Yes, they oh my god, it's not working. Oh, I'm not, you know, we don't we don't talk about that. We just want to come and say, Oh, I have this as if it was easy, you know. Yeah. Based on what you just said now, I think we also need to sensitize, should I say the public? Not just you know, now we're we're talking about individuals now dealing with the imposter syndrome, but there's also a place for sensitizing the public or maybe the government or parents or you know the institutions and systems in the in a society we find ourselves in the country because they also encourage this by being very ready and excited and always up there to glorify one big huge achievement of one person or one organization or two people and just because they did it, they got it right. While there are thousands of others putting in little, little efforts, making baby strides to also get there. And 
most of them don't succeed in getting to that point. Why? Because nobody pays attention to them. Because nobody cares when you when you're still struggling, right? Nobody cares when you're going through all the processes. And those processes are quite important to go through before you get there. And if we could pay more attention to those people that are still trying to you know get up the ladder. I'm sorry I might be taking this a little bit personal. We would have more people more people that are refined and really ready to be up there and celebrated. But it seems like the system don't care about that. They just want to care a little bit. They are, they are more interested in anything that would also add to their ego and you know they identify to things that are already formed. Uh, sometimes I tend to say, uh, don't don't come to <laughs> this is this disclaimer anyway that don't come and start being all congratulatory. Oh, we celebrate you when I finally get or finally do this thing. Because when I was trying to you know take all the strides and taking to get there, nobody cared. You were not ready to help out. You were not ready to be any form of support system whatsoever in whatever way it wants to be. But when I did all the due diligence, when whoever did all the due diligence and get there, you want to you want to identify with that. That's 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 evil. <laughs> I I see it as really 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 evil. So this also helps increase the rate at which people get affected by imposter syndrome because well oh wow look at that person up there and i'm still trying to gather myself around where um i don't think i can be that i don't think i can do that i don't think i can get there and a whole lot of potentials actually get wasted as a result of that evil called imposter syndrome I, uh, I really like what you're saying right now, um, especially that sometimes the what you see is not what is. Let me explain myself in that that person that got up there and is celebrated, maybe they had money, resources, networks that you were trying sure, to bring. definitely. Most of have. them are actually empty, so to speak. Not all, yeah. but some of them. And... <laughs> They just have this. Yeah, the right advantages. Yes, they yeah. have the advantages, the networking, yeah. the resources, the people, yeah. and anyways. Yeah, and then where then the person with imposter syndrome even gets it worse is that oh they feel like I don't have it, I don't have what it takes to be like that person. Um. Yes, but you are not starting from an equal footing. Right, you're not starting from an equal footing. Maybe when you're looking for money to launch your venture, they have access to money and the networks and the people and everything. So you're not. I think it helps people. It's not to depress someone, no, but it just helps people to understand. Understand and better do what system. Then, yeah, and then you can do your thing without beating yourself up. You 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 know that you keep creating. You know, advancing at your own pace without thinking, oh, I should be like that person, you know? I just wanted to shift gears. I know you write. I also write. So I love when I hear someone write. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm really excited. So, um, what, like, why do you write? What does it mean to you? Okay. First off, um, recently, I termed myself a lazy writer. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, because um, you know, so many people 
um, pursue a career sort of in writing. Although, of course, most of them it comes from a place of passion too. But then they create some kind of career around it. There was a time I was, you know, considering something like that, but to be true to myself, it doesn't really come like that. I write spontaneously and most times I write when I'm kind of going through some phases. You know, I told you, I mentioned some stuff that helps me deal with certain things. So sometimes I actually write and my writing is an attempt at expressing certain emotions that I don't want to or cannot express with anybody, right? So I write them out. It doesn't mean it has to be so heavy, heavy, heavy with emotions. I could write different, I could write on different topics, but like I mentioned, it's actually important. It's usually spontaneous. Like at some point, I just have to write. I just have to write. I journal a lot with my phone. Right? I do that a lot. I have this big diary in my phone. I may not have the physical one, but I have stuff like that on my phone. So that's basically what writing is to me. Most times it's therapeutic. And when I put myself to it, I can actually, you know, okay, pick a topic and write on it, but that doesn't come off when I need to be sincere to myself. That doesn't happen because most times I would really have so many other things that I should do but then kudos to those who that's like their career that's like their job they can say okay I'm working and I need to write on this no that's not really me okay I write as therapy basically and it comes it's spontaneous spontaneous with me yeah it's really important what you're saying because it's been proven in studies and uh that writing like that for emotional release, for, you know, processing your emotions, it's really very good. You know, if you don't, if you cannot say it to someone, like write it somewhere, it has to come out somewhere, you know, yes. make a little blog of yourself, a little video of yourself where you're speaking your truth that you yeah. keep for personal, write it down, you know, go scream it in the forest, but, you know, don't, <laughs> don't paint it up, don't, you know, yeah. accumulate everything down. So, what you're doing is uh, is amazing. I know you're also a spoken word artist, so you write poetry as well. Then you act it out as a spoken yeah. word poetry. Yeah. So um, to wind the interview down a little bit, let's ask some fun questions. So, what do you like reading? What's what's the latest thing you've read? Currently, um, reading a book. It's 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 a book that you know, it's almost very popular. Um, the lady in waiting. Yes, yes. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go check it out. The lady in waiting. <laughs> lady in waiting. It's actually a Christian book for uh-huh. uh, single ladies. Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. about to be married and all of all those um, situations. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm currently like advice and uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. So, so um, what, what's your favorite dish? Mm, favorite dish? You know, um, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm weird like that. I don't have favorites. Like, you know, someone can just jump on, oh, this is my favorite this, this is my favorite that. I don't necessarily have favorite, but I love chicken. Mm, mm-hmm, Fried mm-hmm. chicken. 
Yeah, yeah. I love that. So let's go with that, please. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. not push it too much. Let's go with Friday. Yeah, no, no. It's just, it's just <laughs> a question. It's not. Good. <laughs> so um, you know, this if you if you had any advice to give to young women, you know, mm-hmm. young Nigerian women about their mental health, about themselves, what would you say? Quite a lot, but then for the sake of time. I'm just going to say, um, don't restrict yourself. Don't restrict yourself because almost the whole world is set to restrict you, both consciously and unconsciously, both directly and indirectly, both from a place of ignorance and also from a place of they know what they are doing, but they just want to put you in a box. So don't join them. Don't join them. Be ever ready to exercise all the potentials you have, the ones you are aware of, the ones that are hidden that you're not aware of, because there are so many things we can do. I would actually come from a very personal place. Over time, I've been realizing that, whoa, this is not really a big deal. And when I say that, I don't mean it in a way of saying, oh, it's actually a walk in the park, it's nothing. Yeah, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes consistency, and I'm speaking generally. But at the end of the day, it's nothing I cannot do. And I believe that's what happens. That's the situation with everybody too, if only they would get to that point. There is so much, so, so much we can do. And very importantly, please protect your mental space. If you encounter any toxic uh, situations, persons, work, or whatever, however it is, we always have that right to protect our mental space. If you don't want to deal with somebody, if you don't want to deal with a particular situation, please walk away. Please walk away. It doesn't matter what anybody says. So far as you are not hurting other people in the process, in as much as you are not infringing on anybody's rights, protect your space because you would always need that. At the end of the day, that's all you have. Even after the whole family, after the whole hey, hey, hey with everybody, which is beautiful, at the end of the day, you only have that place to recline into. And it needs to be healthy for you to function properly, for you to gain closure, for you to refuel so you can go out other times and do all the beautiful things you need to do. We really need to ensure that our mental space, as far as we can control, is sane and peaceful and really is a sanctuary. And yes, please love God. God, God. Yeah. What can I wish you? What 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 I what do you how do you see your platform growing? Ooh, wow, okay. Oh, definitely. I see our platform and I would appreciate your wishes and help towards the actualization of that. Growth from Lagos, Nigeria to Nigeria to Africa to Canada. And, you know, we really need it to be a global thing because mental health cuts across space and time. It cuts across Nigeria. It's not a Nigerian thing. Of course, it's more, it has structures and systems that, you know, um, empathize with discussions like this in the West, but it's still a thing. So, and our services also work with people 
that need overview. So yes, in two years from now, we actually see my care body to be a platform that stands soldier, soldier, uh, shoulder to soldier to other global companies and maybe one of the five, definitely one of the five top mental health delivering organizations in the world. Oh, I love that. And I wish that for you. Yeah. It's Thank you. And your platform is called My Care Body. So everyone yes. check it out. And you can find that at www.mycarebody.org and on all social platforms at My Care Body. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ibera, for this conversation. Thank you for the invite. I really had fun. Like, really, really had fun. I'm happy I did this with you. Oh, thank you. I'm very honored. Thank you.